When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Just like that, you have entered NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here tonight with Jason Bolin in South Dakota and Wes Johnson out in California. We're going to chat about some fantasy football stuff. We we tend to do a sleeper pick episode each year, and tonight is the fantasy sleeper episode where each gentleman will offer about three sleepers that come to mind. Wes might have a couple more because he's an elite fantasy football mind. We're going to get them all out in the open so you can jot them down and get prepared for your drafts that should really be getting off the ground in about four weeks. First, however, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on this action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. At the NFL Trend Zone in August, we typically devote at least one or two episodes to fantasy football, and tonight is such an occasion. We're going through sleepers. I'm going to guess we get through about eight to ten of them, perhaps more, depending on uh, some of our wordiness. Uh, but we got Wes Johnson out in California. Jason's in South Dakota. He's here with us. Cody is off tonight, and that's sad because he's a savant of this fantasy football stuff. But, Cody, if you're listening, come back. We, we hope to see you next week. We're going to jump right into it with some fantasy sleepers. I've got a list of four, and I can improvise more if needed. But, Wes, out of the gate, I want to hear your first one. Ooh, all right. My first one. So we are looking for fantasy sleepers. Uh, sleepers are people who usually outproduce their um, ADP or their average draft position. Uh, so I looked at you know quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and picked my favorites from each bunch. Um, let's start with the quarterback position. Uh, Obvious one for me is Geno Smith. Uh, he is currently going as quarterback 15. Jeez. Um, this is after throwing for over 4,000 yards and throwing for 27 touchdowns last year. Um, he got a, a new long-term contract in the offseason. It's an indication that he's in Seattle to stay. Uh, they added a wide receiver. Uh, running back and some other offensive components in in the draft. Uh, I I anticipate a small uptick in yards and touchdowns this season. Uh, he's going late in drafts. He's a a prime late round quarterback buy for me. So on on your for this one for example and inevitably more on your list, 
my take on this topic is a little deeper. Um, like for instance, to me, even though his draft position is 15, I would still consider him a really good get at quarterback. So when you hear my list, it's a little deeper of a dive. It doesn't certainly doesn't mean it's better. Uh, it's just that this would be like a sleeping man sleepers, if you will. And my first one at quarterback is Jordan Love. And it's a risk to get that out in the stratosphere. Um, I guess for some reason, I cynically just assume that the Packers quarterback is going to be good. And the reason I included him in this list is you might recall, uh, Wes, about 10 years ago when you play fantasy football at your draft in early September, about half the league, and this is like 2012 or so, would wait to draft a quarterback until the last round. And I was often one of those guys. I'll just get Phillip Rivers with my last pick. I'll grab Matt Stafford. I'll be fine. <laughs> And if you still use that strategy, whether that's good or bad, it tends to be dying off a little bit. I think Jordan Love can reasonably, if you want to equip him with somebody else, I don't know, like a Bryce Young or something like that. But I think Jordan Love is probably uh, going to be good for 25, 26 touchdowns and 3,800 yards. I just, I'll believe it when I see a Packers quarterback ever be horrible. My whole football life, I started watching football in 89. And then Brett Favre came along in 92. And all I know, regrettably, is wonderful Packers quarterback. So you probably wouldn't want to get Jordan Love as the guy, bar none. You don't have any other quarterbacks on your bench. But if you're interested in, you know, just partnering him with some other maybe mid-tier option like Matthew Stafford and just wait until later in the draft, I think Jordan Love has the perspective to be pretty decent or good from a fantasy standpoint. Yes. Well, love love definitely has upside. Um he is currently at Does he though? Gosh, I'm trying to figure out exactly man, I don't remember seeing a whole heck of a lot about this guy. I mean, yeah, he, he gets a little pre preseason action and he got in some during the regular season as well, but you guys really think he's got the he's like comparable to what exactly? Like maybe like a what kind of a quarterback is this guy? Tell me a little bit more about uh, Love. Uh, he's nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. exactly. Because when, when I think of him and I, I God, I almost want to put him in the same category as maybe like a uh, God. I, I I don't know. I, I just don't even know. Well, uh, he's uh, he's been marinating on the bench since the 2020 NFL draft. And before last year, whenever you'd see him, he sucked, plain and simple. Uh, we even thought about, oh, one of the Packers have to trade him because they just signed Rodgers to a big-ass deal last summer. Well, yeah. then he, But then Rodgers hurt something. I can't remember exactly what it was against the Eagles, I think. And it had a little garbage time vibe to it, but Jordan Love came in and looked brilliant for a drive or two. And that was last year. And of course, that got Packers fans all excited. And, he, and truth be told, he probably should have played the next three or four games. Uh, that's when the, Pack, the Packers were in their losing streak. And Rodgers just said, no, nah, I'm, I'm not coming out. And they came within four quarters of reaching the postseason. I wouldn't, I certainly, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, get Love for sure. He's guaranteed to be good. But I, I think I think he's going to turn out to be uh, a startable quarterback. And again, most of that's just from cynicism, assuming that the guy is going to just continue the stretch of three decades of good Packers quarterback play. Yeah, yeah. Well, it has to almost. It has to. <laughs> it better not. I don't know. Wes, from whatever position you would like, who's your next sleeper? Uh, my next sleeper, I will go with 
We'll go to running back here. I will go with uh, Cam Akers. For you didn't the, like him uh, last year. I did. A lot of people um, did, though. A lot of people did, though. I remember last year. I just want to say one thing about him. Yeah. Last year, when that first that first game of the Rams came out, or maybe it was the first two weeks. Th- this guy, Cam Akers, was supposed to be pretty decent last year, if I remember right. Oh my gosh, he came out in the first couple of weeks. I had fantasy owners wanting to trade him. <laughs> so mad at him. Yeah, and so- Wes Wes was right. That's last year. That's why I'm pointing it out because he had some sort of stat that said coming back from an Achilles. Was it? Yeah, yep. there, there is a very small assortment of football players that at running back come back and thrive. And I yep. remember you saying that and being right. So that's why I shouted just now saying, wait, now you're high on him. Kind of. I mean, for where he's being drafted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he he started out last season. Didn't look good. Uh, there was a, a point last season where he stepped away from the team for a couple weeks. <laughs> um, and. A lot of people thought he was just done with football. Uh, he returned to the team somewhere right after their bye week and bought back into you know the team atmosphere and uh, was able to finish the year on a real strong stretch. Uh, he had three straight top 12 finishes at the end of the season. Uh, this year, he enters it, and the only competition that he has is himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's currently being drafted at running back 24, uh, which, you know, the, the top guys are going to go early. And then as, as you kind of peter through the next rounds of the draft, uh, uh, there's going to be that running back dead zone where uh, people panic and mm-hmm. start drafting people they don't have any business drafting and then after that he kind of lands in round i don't know what that would be eight nine ten somewhere right around there and for a team that maybe went with only one running back somewhere in the first five rounds and then forgot about the position to address other areas he's a, a good dart throw to fill that second spot on on your roster yeah cool because he was a top 10 pick last year wasn't he uh he probably was at the position maybe yeah it would among running backs for certain i don't know if anybody had the cojones to do top 10 overall because he was coming back off the injury um but yeah for sure in terms of being uh ranked on running back lists he was up there because i mean when when he's healthy you're not leaving the team he's pretty damn good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my next one is another deep sleeper and ah, I don't, I don't even know if you'd have to draft this dude. Maybe it's more of a dynasty approach. And I wish Cody was on the show it was Rashawn Johnson from the bears. And I have him on here because there's a lot of enthusiasm, but mystery, at least the mystery on my part about the bears offense. It's so eerily similar to right now, how everybody uh, not myself included, but everybody else is is building Justin Fields up as this is going to be his Jalen Hurts year or his Josh Allen year from 2020. And if he does that, good for him. Uh, but it's eerily similar to 2019 when we did this for Trubisky. Like some of the headlines about MVP wagers are the exact same. And the only difference is that 
Trubisky was coming off the steam of a 12 and four season and supposed to take the next step. And Fields is coming off the lack of steam with a three and 14 season. <laughs> he just fits the eye test so much. And people desperately want him to be good that uh, he's being, uh, you know, anointed the King's crown already. But to me, that symbolizes so much mystery about the bears offense. Cause I'm like, God, is, is they really going to be that good? They ran the ball out the wazoo last year. And I know they improved their uh, wide receiving weaponry, But on the Bears' depth chart, you've got Khalil Herbert and Donta Foreman. And to me, it feels like drafted in the fourth round, Rashawn Johnson, those other guys are seemingly placeholders for Johnson's emergence. Now, I don't know, probably not going to happen week one or two, but if you can get him late or even scoop him off the free agent wire when he starts his emergent, um, based on a lot of the stuff that Cody told us about him just being in Bijan Robinson's shadow at Texas. I know I have him in one or two dynasty leagues, and I think that translates over to a midseason sleeper type um, for, you know, inevitably when your running backs get hurt. I'm going to I'm going to throw one in there real quick, and I and I'm going to be gosh, I'm such a homer. I really am such a homer. But I'm going to go with Samaj P. Ryan out of Denver. <laughs> you knew I was going there, too. I Obviously, I'm not going to throw Javante in there. He's coming back from that serious injury in two different places in his knee. But, um, you know, I've, uh, you know, never paid a whole heck of a lot of attention to him when he was in Cincinnati, you know, getting, uh, you know, he wasn't the full time back there. But, boy, that guy's big. He's ripped. He can run. He's got all the attributes of a quality running back. Um, and uh, and I think Sean Payton's going to use him a lot um, just by what I'm hearing of how that offense is going to look out in Denver. So I'll throw that out there. Samaj P. Ryan. (laughs) He's uh, a dude. He's beloved. That's for sure. Yeah, Uh, man. I like him. Yeah. He he started his career, believe it or not, with Kirk Cousins in Washington. And I remember back in those days, he was he was like one of the running back solutions for the the commanders. And then uh, folks fell in love with him. The big beard. Uh, in Cincinnati, and he's the the prototypical type of dude in fantasy where if it's week 11 and you got bye weeks, you could plug and play him and probably get up maybe a touchdown. Or if you're in a, a deep league with, you know, 12 or 14 teams, uh, he becomes an option. But yeah, I like that one for another in my, my deep sleeper category. Yeah. All right, Wes, what do you got? All right, let's move on to wide receiver. And I'm not going to touch on um, Jason's guy, Jerry Judy, although he is on my list. <laughs> uh, I thought maybe. about putting Cortland Sutton on mine, but I thought your eyes <laughs> would roll to the very back of your head. Oh, yeah. The the <laughs> fantasy community yeah. is actually low on Sutton. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, oh, low, I low. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson. I know he is a known name. Um he kind of got lost in the sauce last year with the emergence of George Pickens. Uh, he finished last year with 86 receptions for 882 yards and zero touchdowns. <laughs> That's right. Zero touchdowns. <laughs> I do not anticipate that to be the case this year. I expect a positive regression uh, from Johnson in the touchdown department. Um just by his sheer metrics of targets last year, he should have had at least six touchdowns. Uh, so finishing with zero, that number will ultimately change. Uh, he's currently going as wide receiver 31. Uh, 
I think he has a chance to finish in, you know, wide receiver 20 ish range. Uh, he is a, a target hog. He is a safety net for um, Kenny Pickett. Pickett is growing into his second year. I, I anticipate him to make you know, more of a leap than he had last year. Um, that offense seemed to gel and come together towards the, the end of last year. So Deontay Johnson, uh, both he and Pat Fryermuth should be safety valves for Pickett. And uh, I just think Johnson is the more polished receiver than Pickett. My next one is a wide receiver as well. And I'm staying with the rookie train. This is Jalen Hyatt from the New York Giants. And the reason that I have him on this list is twofold. So the X app, formerly called Twitter and beyond, uh, is really touting this dude's athleticism and speed. Uh, I saw some clips from Giants camp that claim that, you know, he's the next fastest guy in the NFL when Tyreek Hill eventually loses a step, if that ever happens. So I think the athleticism in there is there, but he also lives in this wide receiver room for the Giants that is starving and begging for somebody to emerge. Uh, the Vikings saw it twice in three weeks last year that they have this wide receiver core that's like, oh, yeah, it's a bunch of guys and they're pretty good. And of course, the Vikings made them look heroic. But Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, and Jalen Hyatt. It's just, that's a lot of guys. And I think that I think they need somebody. And they even have Jamison Crowder. And I haven't heard his name in a very long time. Uh, they also signed Cole Beasley this week. It's a big old reunion party. Uh, but I think uh, Hyatt, he slipped to the third round. He's got the speed. And if he has the gumption, he's on a team that doesn't have a WR1 who will for sure shoo him away. So I think he he has a platform there to be good. And a lot of that is contingent on Daniel Jones throwing more than 15 touchdowns, which he did last year. Uh, That's but, all he got last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had what? I think eight was it eight rushing touchdowns. So, you know, it's 23 altogether. Like, trust me, if you say he has 15 passing touchdowns, Giants fans immediately tell you that he had eight rushing touchdowns. And I'm like, we <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 23 totals. So. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. What a baller. You know, there's, yeah. there's like I think Mahomes had double that. How are you? Um, well, how? How did he only have 15? <laughs> because that's <laughs> yeah. that's the way it goes for him. Jeez. But because they 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 beat the Vikings in the postseason, we we so I think we <laughs> joked initially that Daniel Jones got this fat ass contract because of Ed Donatel and the Vikings defense. And it, it's a great joke, but it's really true uh, because the quarterback wins in this league, although a pathetic stat, they mean a lot. <laughs> Because people could stop around the Meadowlands and be like, uh, Danny Jones won a playoff game. And that gets you a contract. And so they became like entranced or hoodwinked into this guy's upside. And this QB market, 40, 40 million bucks in two years, will be like, oh, boy, that's that's middle of the league. Well, uh, that and they, I mean, they've, they, they fell victim of the fact that they somehow – they somehow found a quarterback that looked I almost identical <laughs> to their last quarterback. <laughs> so they're I think they're they're making these decisions with some kind of delusions of grandeur, thinking that somehow <laughs> that he will just turn into him yeah. automatically. They're gonna I think there's it. gotta be a little bit to that. On on the fantasy side for <laughs> Daniel Jones, for anybody that cares, he does have especially for a white guy, he does get out in the open space. 
and make some plays with his feet. Another thing that got on my nerves during both Vikings games. So he is good in that. He do, he does that a lot better than uh, a normal pocket passer. But uh, yeah, right now he's got a very deep wide receiver room, <laughs> but it's like just kind of B-list celebrities when it comes to dollar that. store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, none of those. Uh... None of those wide receivers do anything for me, really. It, no, they shouldn't, the but it, it's one of those quintessential groups that if, <laughs> no. if if those nine guys played for the Chiefs, you'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah, this works. Right. Well, it, it's like the, it's guys that you if you're a Giants fan, you're talking yourself into why they're good and they're going to be yeah. good again. You know, that's that's it's, it's kind of almost similar to me talking myself into why these Broncos receivers are good. I mean, they got to be good. Uh, no, none of them are good. Yeah, Paris, again, Paris Campbell, <laughs> Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, Jamison Crowder, Cole Beasley. So let's just <laughs> but, but they do have they do fit in that badass name category. Oh, yeah. A lot of those guys <laughs> they do. <laughs> and and you gotta think that five of them or six of them will make the team. So you can say goodbye to Beasley and Crowder. <laughs> and then on the roster bubble will probably be Sterling Shepard. And maybe they just keep six, but uh, so yeah, we just trashed the Giants probably unnecessarily, even <laughs> though I was trying to lift them up. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, um, again, I'll say this at least in dynasty leagues, probably in a standalone redraft league, I think he is a decent sleeper pick. Wes, what's next? Uh, just to touch on those Giants there, yeah. and it kind of leads into uh, the next category for so for me, um, I have. Darren Waller on my list is a sleeper. He's the clear cut number one option uh, for that Giants passing attack uh, due to all those names that you just <laughs> mentioned. Yeah. Uh, he's got the pedigree. He's done it before. Uh, he's currently tight end six. I think he could finish his highest tight end three this year. Um, so he he's on my list, but I'm going to touch on a different tight end. I'm going to go to Denver with Greg Dulcich. Uh, Last year, his rookie year, he had 33 catches for 411 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, He seemed to be one of the only guys to develop any type of chemistry with uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, With the Tim Patrick injury, there goes one of their larger body wide receivers on the outside. So I anticipate Dulcich to line up both inside and outside. Uh, Sean Payton's come out and said he's kind of the perfect person to play his joker role in his offense. Uh, So I I anticipate Dulcich having uh, a good year and far exceeding his current draft. Uh, spot at tight end 16. I, I, I like that too a lot. I agree completely. 100%. Do you, um, do you, you expect that, Jason? Like, uh, do you have that feeling in your bones that, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be good? Or is it, <laughs> you know, are, are I you do. I'm happy I, that Wes brought him up. Well, I mean, I, I am. I, I mean, I think like primarily with what Russ quoted, you know, Sean Payton at the, as that Joker role type guy. You know, Sean Payton does so many different things that, that anybody that's watched Bronco football in the last seven years can't even begin to fathom or comprehend with a, with a rational mind because we've been in the irrational for so long, it seems, watching such inept um, football. But yeah, Dulcich proved last year under 
horrible circumstances that he can still be reliable and efficient and what little they could muster last year, he was able to take advantage of those opportunities. So, um, you know, it, you know, Sean, I mean, I'm sure he will split him out wide and he can step into that kind of, uh, you know, receiver slot position and, uh, do some good things there. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's going to far, ex- you said it best, Wes. I mean, he's going to far exceed that, uh, that draft pedigree that, uh, that he was taken with, uh, what was it? Two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, all right, yeah. Wes, Wes, you're going to die. Um, you're going to die and smirk, maybe even agree. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do it for, let's see here. Fifth straight year, uh, at tight end Irv Smith in Cincinnati. <laughs> There is a decent chance. Uh, alas, this is one of my, I guess, one of my final sleepers here, depending on what uh, Wes has left. Uh, there's a g- decent chance. Uh, so Irv had a, a good quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Now he has a great quarterback in Joe Burrow. And usually Irv would be derailed by some sort of injury in the last two years or an awful drop or so that kind of soured the Vikings on him. But the man is, what is he, 24? 24 now, I think. And he gets mm-hmm. a geographical cure of sorts going to a for sure winning culture with the Bengals. And it wouldn't be weird at all that after the Vikings season after offseason after offseason foresaw a big breakout from Irv Smith that never happened there. But then he goes to the AFC and, you know, blossoms for 900 yards and 10 touchdowns or something with Joe Burrow. The only problem with my little hypothesis here is, is there's a lot of mouths to feed, uh, throwing the ball in Burrow's offense. So that's why I was a little hesitant to put this on the list, but outside of some very, very nasty drops, one particular against the Eagles last year, Irv Smith does have the frame and speed to be noteworthy. And I'm convinced that if it doesn't work out here, for Irv, then he's probably not going to catch on elsewhere. Um, he should be wide open all the damn time with all the dudes that uh, Burrow has to throw to. But I'm going to put Irv Smith on my sleeper list. And well, like most of these sleepers, not standalone solutions, but dudes that you can stash on the bench for a, a big hopeful maybe. I want to yeah, ask because you- the, ba- the Bengals still have the big three with Higgins, uh, Chase, and, and uh, Boyd. Boyd, correct? Boyd's yeah. still there. Yep. Yeah. But for the most part, if I remember correctly, I'll have to pull up their depth chart. I think the TE1 belongs to, to Irv. Is that correct, Wes? I believe so. Yeah, it's Drew Sample after him. And Drew, there's no more quintessential TE2 than Drew Sample. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I think they're saying, Irv, go, go do the thing. And so I'm going to trust him in the sleeper conversations to do that. I want to ask you this, Wes, uh, before mm-hmm. you get to your next one. I'm going to guess that Josh Jacobs follows a path like Saquon. That's all right. Damn it. I guess I'll have to sign whatever 10, 11 million. And well, you guys win for this year. But if they don't, who is the sleeper in Las Vegas to fill in for Jacobs? If Jacobs plays hardball. Mm. It'll probably be a, a collection of backs. Uh, but it's like nasty because it's Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolin and Zamir White. Yeah, <laughs> the white will probably white and Bolden will probably get the early down work. Uh, I could also see them bringing in one of the free agent guys. Yeah, uh, like Zeke would make a lot of sense. Okay, um, Bolden and Abdullah, uh, they do a lot of pass catching work out of the backfield. Um, I think Abdullah had a pretty good year last year with them out of the backfield and i i would anticipate him 
picking up that role um should jacobs you know not be around but uh it's a mess it it's kind of an offense i want to stay away from yeah yeah I, i got to thinking about that because i think zamir white in terms of age and upside would make sense but then because Amir Abdallah, we already know he's getting old and he's usually an RB3 as is. But I mean, on a depth chart yeah, right now, he's RB1. So if they didn't sign anybody and this Jacob thing is prolonged into the season, man, then without Jacobs, that team really feels like the Caleb Williams sweepstakes um, mm-hmm. outside of signing Dalvin Cook. Where there's been no there's been no talk about Dalvin to Las Vegas. Um, all right, so out on really any Raiders back not named Josh Jacobs. Do you got any more sleepers for us? Yeah, uh, uh, we'll go back to wide receiver. Um, I like Elijah Moore. Uh, former Jet wide receiver was traded to uh, Cleveland Browns in the offseason. Uh, this will be his third season in the league. Um, he flashed during his rookie season he had about a a four week stretch where he was just doing everything all over the field and there was a lot of promise to him and then the jets being the jets they were in complete disarray uh especially at the quarterback position that also followed into his uh second year with the team uh he wound up feuding with the coaching staff and that's why they shipped him to cleveland um word in uh, Cleveland's camp is that he's already built a rapport with uh, Deshaun Watson and that they plan to utilize him all over the field. That includes uh, the backfield. Uh, This team no longer has Kareem Hunt. Uh, Can Nick Chubb do that role of uh, catching passes out the backfield? I I think he can, but uh, more being back there also offers that option as well. Um, he's currently being drafted at wide receiver 54. He's going to be the likely second option on this team. It'll come down between he and, uh, David and Joku, uh, at tight end, uh, with Amari Cooper being the primary option. So, um, he's a shifty guy. He, he can play, uh, outside, but, you know, primarily does his damage in the slot. So I, I definitely could see him. Um, outperforming that uh, wide receiver 54 spot. Got a couple more questions for you guys before we wrap up for the night. Uh, Wes, I want to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Let's say for some very strange reason that would never happen. Somebody told you before <laughs> before a PPR redraft, I need you to pick a Carolina Panthers wide receiver. I don't care where you take them, but I need you to do it. Would you take DJ, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, or Terrace Marshall? Uh, I guess LaVisca Chenault can be in there too. I want to say Adam Thielen. He's the type of wide receiver that I think a rookie quarterback could benefit from. Uh, he's proven that he can get open. Uh, so I, I think he'd be a good safety valve. Uh, but I'm going to go with the upside play and I'll go with Jonathan Mingo. Uh, it might not be early season returns, but uh, usually rookie wide receivers have a history of showing out in the second half of the season. Okay. Uh, so if you're in a league this year and you know you, you like the measurables of you know, one of those rookie wide receivers, but you weren't able to get him on your team, uh, if he's 
not popping in the first few weeks, you know, you might be able to buy them cheap from whoever has them on, on their team and then, you know, ride it out into the second half of the season. And it, it's possible that he might just pop. Is it Thielen for you too, Jason, out of that group, if you were going to draft a PPR league tonight? Oh, well, I think so. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I mean, I was going to say, uh, what's his name? But uh, they don't have him on there anymore. Uh, D- what's that one? DJ Moore? <laughs> no. Uh, that one guy that burned me many, many times. <laughs> what was that guy's name? <laughs> what was that? You guys know what I'm talking about, too. Uh, what, Mushin what? Muhammad? <laughs> no. 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 Uh, the guy that just keep kept dropping passes constantly. I mean, he had he, the year before last. He was good. Oh, uh, chosen Anderson. No, 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 nope. Uh, he's on the Panthers, yeah, oh, right? Oh yeah, Robbie. Right, Robbie, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> chosen, chosen. Yes, I just got that one. Yes, yes, him. Yeah, God. yeah. He, he, uh, he. Like, so we were talking about Cortland Sutton earlier, and I've always. Uh, been laughed at and rightfully so about Kenny Galladay. There's some wide receivers that just pop up out of nowhere and will have a pretty glorious season. And then whether it's injuries or otherwise, that's it. And chosen Anderson had with the jets had about like four or five decent seasons. And then after that, uh, he's become a joke because his name's chosen. And so, yeah, I can see where you got burned on him because he, I think it was right around 2021 when he started to come back down and he couldn't be trusted anymore. Yeah, well, and I saw him because he we played him, uh, you know, a few different times over the past some past few years, and I so I watched a, an entire game of this guy, um, which is rare because I don't do that for any team. But obviously, when they're playing my team, I do, and yeah. he he gets open a lot. Mm-hmm. It dude gets open all the time, but he just, yeah. Drops. Yeah, he's he yeah, drops big time. The last thing I want to ask you guys is uh, mostly unrelated to fantasy football, but when I had the Giants depth chart pulled up about ten minutes ago, looking at that hodgepodge of wide receivers, I saw that Terod Taylor is their QB two, and I got to thinking offhandedly, Wes, if Terod Taylor last year or this year was the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, would we be talking about him like we talk about Geno? Like, God, that guy threw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Would we feel that way about Terod, or is Geno truly special that nobody could polish until last year? Mm. I think we would feel the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I almost wonder if he had that opportunity in San Diego before he got yeah. injured. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's been a career over the past, since 2018, a career patch over guy. And yeah. that's what Geno felt like, too. Uh, all of a sudden, now we know Geno is the, the starting quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, but he wasn't always that way. Yeah, well, no. And Tyrod Taylor, though, has been through multiple different regimes. And every coaching tree that he kind of fell under, even though albeit very temporary in every stay, he was still serviceable with mm-hmm. Regardless of his uh, surroundings, uh, Gino wasn't. Yeah, he just was. He, I mean, he he literally wasn't. I mean, he was actually awful. And then you know, so you, I mean, it would have been just to see Tyrod Taylor have a have an opportunity to go fall and play under a, a, a an actual structured team with a structured coach. God, who knows how good he could have possibly been? Well, don't look now. Uh, 
you don't want to wish injuries or suggest them for anybody, but he's only a snap away from taking over from Daniel Jones if something happened to him. And we all know beyond the shadow of a doubt that at least what five to 10 injuries will beset quarterbacks before the season's over. So yeah, it's not like Gerard Taylor is a guy we're talking about from 2005. This is a guy that one snap away um, from leading a Brian Dable team. And, yes. you know, yeah. He's got the pedigree for developing or yes, not even he developing does for squeezing the best out of because Gerard doesn't need any more development. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. He's in a he's in a great position to 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 if he gets a shot to to really come out there and and do some good things. Uh, so yeah, Bills fans, I remember before they got Josh Allen, they loved him. Um, you know because he he brought them to relevance. Uh, what was that about 2015, 16? And after that, he went to Cleveland and held the ball for Baker Mayfield for a couple weeks, and then he did the same thing with the Chargers. And uh, yeah, now he's bounced around from the Texans to the Giants, and it's a real Geno Smith-like resume. Um, and I think he's, what, about 33 or 34 now. So Yeah, and have you ever watched Tyrod Taylor's oh, yeah. highlights? Yeah. Yeah, man, I mean, his <laughs> highlight reels are pretty darn impressive. Yeah, he was. He almost he always had those Teddy Bridgewater stat lines. If he had a full season, it was like, 3,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, and seven picks. And that's what you're going to get. And so if you had a good defense, baby, uh, then perhaps you'll finish about nine and seven back then or 10 and six. All right, gentlemen, we are capped for time. When we are back next week with Cody, I'll see if we can fire up some other fantasy topic to uh, get his wheels turning because I'm going to guess he really hated missing this one. But we will talk to you guys in one week, all right? All right. Good night, guys. Take it easy. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.